and gentlemen, welcome to the Sorry for Your Loss After Show here on After Buzz TV. As I was saying, sometimes when you're feeling down, you just want to party. And of course, that's what Lee does in this episode. We'll be talking all about that and more. Plus, we have a very special guest in studio, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's my party. Yes. <laughs> So appropriate for the tone of this show, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the After Buzz TV After Show here on Facebook for their brilliant new scripted comedy drama, Sorry for Your Loss. If this is your first time tuning in to the After Show, guys, we want you to let you know that this is an in-depth look and discussion and recap of this amazing new show on Facebook that we're watching called Sorry for Your Loss. If you haven't seen that show yet, go ahead and watch that first. There's six episodes out right now. It's an amazing show, truly. And we're covering episode six today, so it's a spoiler-filled look at the show. I want to start by welcoming our wonderful guest, Hello. Carmen Cusack. Thank you for being hey. here. We're so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You guys already know, but Carmen plays Lee's stepmom, Sabrina, in the show. And so I'm guessing we'll be seeing more of you. If not in this season, definitely. I mean, I'm just going to say season two because the show Let's has just put to get it out renewed. There. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, and the fans are loving the show. So I'm hoping for a season two. We'll see. But we're going to talk about season one today. As I mentioned, this is episode six I Want a Party. I'm not alone because D'Angelo Friday is sitting right here next so to me. Guys. And Taylor Gates is sitting right over there. What's up? And we're going to get into this episode. Guys, we will be not only be talking about the episode, but doing a little actor spotlight on Carmen, talking about her very illustrious career. If you guys are Broadway fans, she is, in fact, Tony nominated mm. for originating a role in Steve Martin's musical, mm. Bright Star, yeah. which people love. I know Taylor is very familiar with the show. Yeah. So. I love all things Broadway, so I'm really excited. Yes. So <laughs> we found out we were getting Carmen today, and we're very excited about it. But before we talk about you, we want to talk about the show. Um, what was everyone's overall reaction to this episode? Taylor, let's start with you on the end. I mean, I love this episode. I think it's pretty redundant at this point, but <laughs> they're all just, like, so good. And like like you said last week, it's sort of like a short film type field for all the episodes in a way. Um, and I really like that we kind of got um, Lee trying to play, like, the Becca role, if you know what I mean. Like, trying really hard to make herself, you know happy and excited and that obviously failing right away but it's just a very kind of different coping mechanism that she hasn't really tried before and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed um you know seeing her go a little bit opposite of how she usually is yeah definitely Carmen what did you think of the episode I mean you were there I thought it was really interesting how she decided to break out and just okay I'm gonna have a party and I'm Mm -hmm. gonna enjoy myself and I think it was probably to do with like you said a perfect you know coping Mm -hmm. Because I think she started to realize, I mean, can I talk about this now? Yeah, it's out. See, she started to realize (laughs) that there was a possibility that Matt um, actually took his own, took his own, jumped. And uh, and with that in mind, she could have chosen to be to have been angry about it. But instead, she just put that into something, you know, she tried she chose another a a different angle, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting and. And productive mm-hmm. to some degree, as much as you can be productive when you're going through grief of any sort. Um, so I thought it was really cool. And also, I will say, that was my my table read on that. It was the first day first day of table read that I, because I'm my character's introduced on this episode. So it's my first table read to do Sorry for Your Loss. And 
it was on my birthday. It was a birthday episode. So I was sat there stuffing my face with a cupcake and, you know, hats and confetti everywhere. And we were doing this table read. It was quite fun. So when they say happy birthday, you, of course, just assumed it was for you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah. It's like, they wrote this for my birthday. <laughs> That's hilarious. What do you think, dude? I would say stylistically, too, because of how heavy episode, I mean, it's a heavy show, but episode five was like the anchor of like heaviness to kind of go in this lighter area was like kind of nice. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's still within the subject of the show. Um, but also, like, it gives insight into the grief process to which, like, sometimes you want to be ready to, like, go make it to the next step and not, you know, I don't want to be, she doesn't want to be sad or be that person anymore. But sometimes your your overall being is not ready for what you want to do. Mm. So I, thought, I like that they kind of included that in the process. Such a good point. Yeah, I, I love the idea that even when she wants to try to just let go a little bit and try to move on productively, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, Carmen, people still keep consoling her, you yeah. know? And it's totally valid for her to sometimes want consolation, mm-hmm. but sometimes just want a glass of wine. And, you know, we'll talk about it, but her best friend brings up all this emotionally deep stuff that she's not ready for. Yeah. There's probably that sense of frustration of like, this was my birthday. This is the one night I probably just wanted to have a drink and enjoy myself. And yet she still can't escape the heaviness and the weight of what ha- what's happened to her. So mm-hmm. the show is so fearless in the way it'll explore every corner of grief. And mm-hmm. this was even another example of sort of the subtle shades of how we grieve. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Elizabeth Olsen because we did get to see a different side of her. Can you guys relate to the experience of kind of trying to grieve but just wanting to let go? And is this something you expected from her character? Um, I mean, of course, I can relate to that. I think everyone's been there about, you know, if you're feeling one way, just going the complete opposite way and hoping you can kind of trick yourself into feeling how you want to feel. Um, And I wasn't expecting it, but I like that we did get that, you know, sort of change in her. And um, it was just, it was interesting to see. And Elizabeth Olsen did such a great job. Like, she can just play every emotion so flawlessly, I feel like, and... It was, um, like, it was extreme, like, how excited she was, but it didn't feel, like, super over the top, you know what I mean? Um, and so I really, really liked that, and I really liked her mom and her sister's reactions, yeah. too, of just, like, what is <laughs> happening right now? Yeah. Um, so, Elizabeth Olsen, we just learned, is an EP on the show. Do you feel like on set, Carmen, you got, kind of got to see her wearing multiple hats, or do you feel like she was really in... No, actually, I'm so, I did not realize that she yeah. was an EP. So, with that in mind, I have another level of respect for this mm. incredible actress. Mm-hmm. Because, no, that doesn't come across. And she, you know, in the makeup rooms and whatnot, she never came across as being overly stressed and, and being, like, that boss lady. She mm. just came across as, you know, I'm going to read my lines, and I'm going to talk about whatever comes you know, she just came across as very down to earth and very mm. soulful, and and of course, all of that is projected in the in the wonderful work that she's doing in mm-hmm. this role. And can I just backpedal about product being productive over? Grief, because there is no product. It's not a judgment call about right. how you deal with grief. Yeah. Um, so I just want to backpedal on that. No, I totally. It's a good. You have to be so careful. I don't. I really am not trying making a judgment on that. Well, that's what the show is doing so beautifully is showing that like attempts at grieving. They're assessing whether or not they're valid isn't really our job. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. like so. I knew exactly what you meant. You're yeah. totally fine. I think. That's the big question mark of the show is, is there a right way to grieve? Is there a wrong way to grieve? Yeah. Rather than asking those questions, I think the show just presents it, yeah. which is what I love. So I thought that was a great answer. Um, Dee, how did you feel about like seeing this side of Elizabeth Olsen? Um, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, it reminded us of Becca, of course. But I think it, it does make sense. I feel like I, I've definitely been there. I mean, not like to that extreme, but like 
just the idea of like, man, I, I'm ready to move on. Like I want to. And then you like kind of continuously get reminded that you're not even ready. Um, and that's frustrating. So, mm-hmm. But I think the, the, the little kick of anger and that doubt mm-hmm. that, that maybe he's, and I should be angry with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and the, so therefore, how am I going to deal with this right now? Let's do this. You know, I just, yeah. that was a really interesting. Yeah. yeah change so, true. so glad you brought that up carmen because that was the very first scene i love when we get these pull shots and these there in these um grief meetings and it's another moment of surprise in the show when i kind of expected her to say and now the only person i'm allowed to be mad at is myself mm-hmm. did anyone expect that kind of a little yeah bit. and so for the show to turn that on its head and of course of course she's mad at him too if you've ever experienced i experienced for the first time last year losing someone in that way and it is so complicated mm-hmm. you know the the emotion and the maybe misplaced anger, but the question of how to deal with the implications of that feeling, mm-hmm. the show really is brave about. And it's a bold move. I mean, we've talked about how, like, sort of risky the show is about, like, facing these emotions head on. And it's like, you never want to say that you're angry at the person who's, like, dead now. But, of course, deep down you are a little bit because right. you, do, you do feel like... Some resentment towards that. I believe that. it's a totally human and natural, natural thing to feel. Even if they didn't commit suicide, you're still angry that they're gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. angry at them for you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to be. It's just be in, just be in the present moment and just it's okay. It, basically, I feel like what the show is saying is it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you're going through is it's okay because yeah. we're human beings. And yeah, that's what's so beautiful about it. Well said. Um, of course, the crux of this scene was the party, and I want to talk about it because, of course, your character was there. Um, that sentiment you're describing, the validity of grief and the the depth of the human experience. I always like to imagine that when a show is so thematically like that way, the set kind of feels that way too. Mm-hmm. Being on set for this party scene, do you feel like directorially and the actors working? Did you sense that energy? Oh, absolutely. It was an incredible energy. First of all, it was my first um, night shoot that mm-hmm. I hadn't, well, I've never done a night shoot. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. And of course, so you, you get up at 6 a.m. or, you know, you get up at, no, you, you go to work at 6 p.m. and you stay up all night with Ooh. these people that you're just meeting for the first time. So that was exciting. It was just a whole just incredible, exciting experience for me because um, I'm a theater girl, you know. <laughs> so to just be involved with this process, well, I was just like a... I was like a child in a candy store. I was just like, I really, I th- I'm sure that my excitement was probably annoying to those that were doing it for so long. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. And, and we were in an actual beautiful house and, and they'd asked for p- pictures, you know, so that they could, you know, it, it, they, they, they took every measure to make sure that everything looks like it should. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I thought, man, this, this show's going to be good because no one's taking anything for granted. You need to get make sure that the pictures on the wall and in everything in, in life is mm-hmm. what you would mm-hmm. walk into your own home and see. Um, so it really did just feel like that, like I was just walking into their home and, and about to have a party with these, these new friends that I've made. I love it. Let's talk about Sabrina, your character. Um, of course, she is Lee's and the rest of the family's stepmother and Lee's father's wife, obviously. And one thing I really liked about your character and the decision of the writers was that you weren't like the wicked stepmom. Yeah. Like, I think there's so many versions. I like of- that, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many versions of the show where that you would have been the resented stepmom. And instead, yeah. you have kind of a nice rapport with your family. So did mm-hmm. that surprise? Like, do you feel like you get that experience as an actress very much? Well, I, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes and no. Um, I, but I, I love the fact that they started off, and I think that there's a you know a little bit of a boundary issue that that 
continues that is still there and maybe will continue to be there but you know between a stepmom and and stepchildren mm-hmm. um so it was just you know i in the first this ep- birthday episode i didn't we couldn't really cross those boundaries very much mm-hmm. but then in the next episode that you get to see the set, uh, episode 7 um you start to understand that I really do want to be that nurturing mother, that nurturing parent, if anyone will let me. Mm. And I thought that was really sweet. And so, um, and, and then Jules is able to, we're, we're able to bond in the next episode mm-hmm. in a really cool way. I thought we... Did that answer your question? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. That's a great answer. And I thought it was cool to see even your rapport with uh, Janet Mateer, mm. who, who played Amy. What was that like? Did you guys, I know the interaction in episode six was kind of short, but... Mm-hmm. Was it something that naturally came, or did you guys have to prepare and talk a little bit before? Like, well, you have a few, you know, rehearsals ahead mm-hmm. of time, so you get the gist of the tone and you get the gist of what's happening right before. And mm-hmm. and no, we just kind of played around with it, yeah. and they we took a few takes, and you know, at one point I was going, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that you know we just kind of let loose a little bit, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I was really, I was relieved, mm-hmm. actually, because I only just got to see that this morning, this oh, episode. Fun. Oh, wow. And I was completely relieved of how it went down, so. Yeah. It's a sweet moment. And do you get some room to sort of play around and improv? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if they don't stop and you finish what you're actually supposed to say on the on the script, mm-hmm. um, you just start, you know, ad-libbing and just kind of feed off of each other. And that, that so that was new to me because I'm given a, on, on stage, you're given a script and mm-hmm. that's pretty much, you know, then the music comes in and you, there's not a lot of time to ad-lib and just really live in the moment. And mm-hmm. well, I mean, all of us have to live in the moment, but actually right. ad-lib is yeah. just not, we're not given that luxury very often on stage. So um, that was a lot of fun you can to be tell. able to ad-lib and do a little bit of a boogie with her. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, at the end of the day, it's always like treading that, that fine line, you know, because you're at a birthday party of someone that's just lost their loved one. So right. it's like, how how happy can we all be? How much of a part, you know, what is this? Yeah. What is this mm-hmm. that we're entering? So I felt like that, that they they found that tone and that note mm-hmm. really nicely in this episode. Yeah, they've managed that tone, which is so got to be so tricky, the whole show. It's really on a tightrope, and they're navigating it so well. Speaking of Bow Chicka Wow Wow, which you mentioned, <laughs> we do meet the Schwab. And Janet McTeer, uh, Amy, Amy, the character Amy, has a little connection with the Schwab. This is another moment that could have gone a little bit off the rails if it was handled wrong, but it was fun and sweet, and I love the way this played out. Taylor, how did you feel about the fact that Amy gets hers with the Schwab? Um, Amazing, first of all. <laughs> I thought it was, like you said, just like so fun. And I don't think I was probably the only one that thought maybe it would be a Schwab and Lee type thing? Was anyone else kind of predicting it would go that direction? Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Too soon, Lee right? Yeah, That's too soon. soon. I know. Too I was soon. like, I don't think they'll do it. But the fact that they still kind of integrated him into the storyline in this really surprising way, I thought was, like, really cool. And it's always fun to see, like... Amy gets them like, cause she's like, I mean, she's a hot girl. Like, right. it was, I thought it was a hot this. scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she's been great. You know, it's like she needs her moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. because she's been, she's been having to support the entire ecosystem of the life that surrounds her. So for her to have a little moment of release was kind of cathartic as a viewer. I, I thought. thought so too. Um, yeah. Well, I like the way they set it up. Um, because it seems like she's usually the mom at the party and she's not having fun. So it seemed like it was nice for her, too, like, personally, just to kind of, like, be like, all right, let me just let loose, let go. Um, I actually kind of, too, also, I don't even know if we can ask her this, but I want to know her Danny theory. Oh, like yeah. how, you, how she feels about your Danny theory with Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know, But you already know what's going to happen. So we can save it for predictions. Yeah, okay. But we have some thoughts about Danny and Lee, so yeah, we don't yeah. know okay. where that's going. And 
I don't know how much you're allowed to yeah, say, but you should. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, I, I love this scene. I'm glad. I was worried that it was going to lead to a blow-up. Yeah. Like, it would be like she'd get in trouble for kissing the Schwab, or they'd get caught. And I'm glad the show didn't go that way. Yeah. You know, it was just a nice moment of levity. Really funny. Really well played. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was so sweet. He's like, oh, I'll help you clean all this stuff up. I'm like, oh, yeah. like, he's not yeah, just I totally jumped him, too, if he started exactly. helping me clean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was speaking her language. Um, okay, so, of course, the crux of this party, though, is Lee. It's her trying to manage the freedom to have fun with the weight of what's happened in her past. Mm-hmm. And she's having challenging run-ins with people that she loves. Let's start with Drew. First of all, do you guys think it's fair that Drew took away her column? And do you think that he should have given it back to her despite Millie's success at the paper? No, I don't blame him for that. Because, I mean, you have to fill the position. And, I mean, he is he's running a business or he's like an editor at a business so you kind of have to just look at it from that perspective and even though they're friends i mean it just gets kind of dicey there because it's like oh you still want to maintain the friendship but like you have to do what's best for the company at the end of the day and you know what millie's trying so we shouldn't just take it away from millie you know what i mean yeah Yeah. like she's can't they have just like a one a column that's more millie flavored and another column that's that's what i was thinking it's like (laughs) We need both sides. Yeah. yeah. I think it also is an example of like how life moves on, even if you aren't mm-hmm. able to insert yourself back into it. Mm-hmm. And she said it, too, because she came in off. She was like, I'm okay. I'm ready to stop putting my life on hold, which I got. But, I you think, know. yeah. Yeah. It's a very strong and, okay, it's time to, you know. Exactly. This is what's happening. The world is moving on, and I'm sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't you hate there. it? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's a really good point. I also want to just applaud the writers. This is a funny show, too. It's not just serious. And I sense maybe a little bit of satire in the fact that the um, media organization was called Basically News. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a nice little dig at the state of internet um, news. (laughs) Really funny stuff. Um, And, of course, she sends an email over Siri to Millie. This was such a great scene. And it's another scene I'm glad played out in a quiet way Mm -hmm. rather than a big blow-up. How did you guys feel about her email to Millie? When she was getting ready for her party, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Me and I, and then when she said send, I was like, well, yeah. And then she's like trying to like, oh, Stop did it. I did that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, yes, of course. And she's like, you put Siri on. Of course it's, it's going to send. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I the, thought, I thought I'm glad that she sends it. I mean, hey, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, she's going through some stuff. She's going through some stuff. I mean, you know, the part for me, though, is like Siri never picks up everything you say. <laughs> that, that's, that's, so where, that's where you lost me a little bit. I'm like, it never, especially not me. Yeah, not God knows what it actually did paragraphs you could see on the phone. I'm like, there's like, no way. This is way too perfect. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen has great diction. Maybe that's <laughs> She's an actress. Um, I want to talk about her interaction with Drew at the party, though, because she brings up the fact that it seems like now every time we are talking, we're fighting. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that the show acknowledges, you know, it's not just your relationship with the deceased that changed. It's also your relationship with the living. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was such an important thesis statement of this episode, mm-hmm. I think. I just thought that was really great. Yeah, and I think that I really just like their friendship a lot. Like, it feels like a very authentic friendship to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's some dysfunction, but at the end of the day, like, they're pretty mature in their friendship because she's like, maybe you just needed a soda. Like, maybe that's why, you know, we're having this. And I don't know. I just like how they play off of each other a lot. Mm, definitely. It seemed like to me almost that they were kind of, it was they were losing grip of their friendship for me just because even in that interaction she kind of said something pretty sly and smart it seemed like and he just kind of walked away so it was kind of sad i kind of felt a little somber it was like man like this is kind of changing their dynamic too well they're still playing off of what she'd said about his fiance right 
So there's still that dynamic mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, that takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, too, when you're grieving, the idea of allowing love back into your life can be really scary. So, like, it's easy to put up walls because if you open yourself up to love again, you might experience that loss. I'm sure that's not hard to that's hard to let go of, I'm sure. So even with her friends, it's natural to push people away, I think. And um, he's getting married, which yeah. is like, you know, that's... And then the I, I wouldn't have said that, but his reason for why... Because he said that it was inspired by the fact that he died. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would share that with yeah. her. You know? And he's like, I did this because that's how a marriage works. I'm like, Ooh. Drew, Ooh. you cannot. That's heavy stuff. That was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed this beautiful moment that Elizabeth show, well, told me. I don't know if it came across to anyone else. But mm. when and after she says, um, go get a soda. And there's this beautiful moment where they just catch her looking at, at him leave. And it is almost like okay, I've lost that friend in a way that I'll never get them back. Mm. Did you feel that? Did you, did you feel that moment? I felt that moment of, of a second loss, just a tiny little second loss that it, things are changing. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting married now and things are changing. Yeah. When you share it, I see it now because I definitely remember like getting that ISO shot of her kind of where you just kind of saw her emotions. I love how they just pick, they just pick moments to just give Winter. an actor you know, the time that we want to just say something without saying anything. Yeah. Yes. We'll it's beautiful. We were talking about before you went on, like, this is a great show for actors. I mean, like, mm-hmm. really, not only are is the cast wonderful, all these performances are great, but the writing and the direction is giving the actors a lot of space mm-hmm. to, um, like, dig into these roles and kind to of breathe. really, yeah, to breathe. Mm-hmm. And um, it does just feel like a show that really respects the potential of actors, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of moments when words aren't necessary. We just see something on a face or in a breath or, you know, in a tear or something. Those are sometimes the most poignant moments Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And just really, I, for any actors who want to see great work, I would say, check out this show. Um, Frankie is the last friend I want to talk about. And this was such a complicated conversation. She decides to bring up the fact I just could relate to both of them so viscerally. To, rem- to catch you up, just to remind you, Frankie mentions the fact that she's apologizing for not coming to the funeral, and um, Lee's not ready to accept that apology yet. Yeah. And both of them felt so valid. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone is wrong or right here. How did you guys react to this scene? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I think that Frankie was in the wrong, but like I feel like we can really empathize with her because like. It's such a sort of tricky thing to navigate when, you know, you have a friend that's going through something like this because you never want to make it worse. You never want to feel like you're prying for information. So it's like sometimes the easier thing is just to kind of give them space and Mm -hmm. do nothing. And, I mean, I've definitely made the same mistake as Frankie before when that happens because it's like you get anxious as the other party too because you don't want to make them more upset. But it's like... I think that this scene really showed that it's, like, no matter how hard it is for you, like, you should reach out and just do your best. I learned from this, watching that this morning, Mm -hmm. because I had a really, a friend, a close friend that lost, and I, and it made me feel bad Mm. that I hadn't reached out earlier, Mm. and I thought, oh my god, because you just think, well, they're just full, they just have too, they don't have time for little old me to say, Mm. I'm because I know aren't they sick of he, see, having that? Sorry for your loss. Having that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, so what can I do besides not be there? There's nothing you can do. You you just need to be there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love how they de- how they dealt with that in this episode. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think it's okay to say that she was wrong too um, in that situation. 
um, which is okay. Like we all make mistakes and like, but I think what's interesting for me and everything kind of goes back to the grief process. And I think I'm processing it like that because I have a friend who's going through like a tough time. So this is, this show helps me like with understanding how to be supportive in a way. Um, but I say it's interesting. I feel like she can't even process her relationship with um, this friend, Frankie. Frankie, because she hasn't even gotten over like she has to get past her 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 husband now, or like first before she can even get to stuff like that. And like what hasn't it's been like four months. Um, so even though her friend is ready to like have that conversation, it's just kind of like weird, a weird clash of time, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was like a really unique way to kind of uh, exhibit that in the show. Yeah, I mean, she's talked so many times about how she feels like a different person after yeah. this has happened. So even re-entering a friendship is going to look different. You it's know, different. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes different. Everything becomes different. Um, let's quickly talk about Jules because we did get some great Jules moments in this episode. I loved how her friends keep trying to push like the "you're the fun boozy party girl," and she's just the the identity struggle that alcoholics deal with after becoming sober of also becoming a different person. Mm. That that thematic thread that like ties Lee and Jules together in that way is so well written. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool to watch Jules struggle with that, like that um, dichotomy, right? Of wanting to be the fun party girlfriend, but knowing it's not right. Yeah. And Kelly Marie Tran is playing it so well too. Such a fun performance. I agree because she's not like automatically just going back to them and like having fun, but she's also not just being like, "This is wrong. You guys need to stop." Like she's playing it really sort of in the middle, which I appreciate. Like, she's not Mm -hmm. going extreme either direction, which I feel like is the more realistic approach. Yeah. And I love that we see her attend a meeting Mm -hmm. without even her speaking. We watch her sit down as someone else shares their story. Such a cool choice. Well, it's like four or five, isn't it four or five months sober at this point? Yeah. She's probably not even ready to... You know what I mean? Right. She's she's in her own transition, her own grieving of the mm-hmm. loss of alcohol right. in her life. You know, yeah. that's all. It's like grieving that other person, that party girl. Yeah. And how do how do you transition into the adult? You know. What's my new identity? Yeah. What yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated where how that goes down. If if they you know if she starts opening up in these meetings. Yeah, I would love to see that. I also think it was just a really smart way to get those friends there, too, about um, Lee just inviting everyone on her Facebook friend list. Mm. Like, I don't know. I just like how... Isn't that what you do? I mean, I do it. Just yeah, yeah exactly. Out. Especially if <laughs> exactly. it's the last minute. <laughs> and from a corporate perspective, smart of Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Good synergy. So Shout out the marketing. Yeah. But I just thought that was, like, really smart. It wasn't, like... She, like, decided to go out and party one day or, like, you know what I mean? She didn't run into them at the store. Like, I don't know. I just, like, liked the environment of the party, too. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just really, like, true. a good way to get into that. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, the final thing I want to talk about was just this last scene. No words necessary. We watch Lee break a plate. Her mom walks over. No words. Hands her a plate. This was, like... If there's ever a scene that literally makes you feel everything, it's beautiful. Yeah. it was so beautiful. It was I was like so laughing and crying at the same time. Just do you guys same kind of experience? Yeah. I that was my last you know scene because I I did a whole like marathon, and uh, I was just like just uh, glowing with pride to be a part of this mm. after seeing that scene. It was just like yes, yeah, yeah. yes, no words and just express it and her mother just be it you know supporting her yes you know yeah. what mother supports mm-hmm. their child throwing <laughs> dishes <laughs> no, everywhere I loved it. I loved I mean, it. it was amazing yeah. i thought it was uh, i agree 
it made me happy because I was just kind of like, yes, the mom is finally perfectly supporting her yes. in this moment. I know they've had a power struggle with that. Yeah. And I, it was just cool. Like, they held it out to the credits and kept the crashing going. It was mm. it was a cool moment. Definitely. I think that in the hands of, like, a lesser show creator, too, that could have been read as, like, super high volume. But it, like, worked perfectly here. And I yeah. loved, like, that ending image, too, of, like, she's finally, like, this whole facade of her, like, being so excited and happy is, like, she just can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah such good stuff. I can't wait to watch more. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have Carmen here, we would love to just give five or ten minutes to our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Oh, gosh. Here we go. You are in the presence of truly, like, a theater... I don't want to say legend, because you're too young for that, but... Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Let's say Wonderkind... Um, okay. Carmen, we're so excited to have you. I, f- I would love to hear about your start, if whether or not it was stage or screen. And I, we have to talk about Wicked a little bit. But start from the beginning. What do you feel like was your first kind of like, I've made it role when you look at your career? Oh, gosh. I've <laughs> made it role? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't. I mean, I always... Uh, it's hard to... Okay, I will say, <laughs> I'll answer, I'll try my best to answer this. I guess my first moment of thinking, oh, finally got it, was playing Christine in Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. Because that was my first, like, proper role into the big blockbuster show that a bunch of people were going to pay a bunch of money to sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's such a great role, Christine. Yeah, don't ask me to hit out an, a, a high C <laughs> at this point, but yeah. Let's do that moment in the show where you're going higher and higher. Just for our yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I'm sure most people who are listening have seen Wicked. Mm-hmm. You played Alphaba in Wicked. Can you talk about the experience of not only playing Alphaba, but being in that show? Oh, it's high energy, high voltage. Um, it was wonderfully rewarding because you just knew that you were you were sending a message out to all those kids that you know always that you, we all grow up feeling different. We all go through our phases of just feeling not accepted and mm. just feeling like everyone's got the agenda and they're after us. Um, so it was just great to uh, be able to play a role and 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 to be green. Mm-hmm. You know that's important. Just just it, it, you need to just put the stuff out there and yeah. let people and let and and let children understand that. However you come, it's just beautiful mm-hmm. and, and it's great and you're going to be awesome. You, um, and I think that's what that's what Alphaba, you know, represents. Yeah. Do you have like a specific fan moment that's like stuck with you from playing Alphaba that like just really just, like, um, stayed with you? I remember doing a charity event uh, while I was doing that role and this gal came up to me and said... I have to tell you, I've been a I've been a huge fan of just the whole Wizard of Oz uh, story, and she t- tore off her t- her shirt and turned around, and the entire Wizard of Oz oh Emerald City was tattooed on wow. her back. Whoa. <laughs> so that was pretty extreme. Uh, that oh stuck God. in my head. Um, but just the endless nights of you know. After doing like you know two shows a day, and you 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 know you I'm sometimes I'll be in the shower and be like I'm too tired to wash <laughs> my green off, but but then you know that there's a bunch of people out there that want to take pictures, so you're kind of like a lighter shade, a, p- a paler shade of green <laughs> by the end of the night. And I always just used to think, oh god, I hope they're not. You know, I'm just always worried that I look really really sick by the end of the, by the, end of the day. But they just they don't care. They just they. It was like finishing a rock concert most of the time. I'm sure. When you, go, you when you leave the stage door and just the children just you know and they'd been sat there for forty you know an hour possibly after the show waiting for us to come out and just their faces and 
you know, that was very rewarding. Yeah. Well, speaking of rewarding, you were Tony nominated a couple years ago for mm-hmm. a show called Bright Star, written by Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan, so I would love to not only hear about your experience on the show, but like sort of the development process. And I don't know how closely you worked with Steve. But... Oh, every day. for wow. um, Yeah, I mean, he was there... As he was a solid participant, and cool. he and by the way, I, I must say, Stephen Martin and Edith Brickell wrote this together. He wrote the book and um, most of the music, but Edie wrote the lyrics, and so it was very much a joint effort. And they were both just amazing to work with. I'm just going to say a bunch of boring things, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it was one of those experiences I'll never ever forget. And it is, and what was really. Um, crucial for me to learn on this is how to face face rejection and face what just throw things at the wall and see what sticks mm. and i would watch this incredibly smart man just throw line just write lines and you think okay let's let's see if it sticks and sometimes it wouldn't sometimes it wouldn't right. you know and he was just Fearless in that way, and so was Edie. She would just come up with these songs, just like like in an instant, come up with just these amazing songs, and you'd fall in love with these these pieces that you literally were like your babies, and then you just have to get rid of them because mm-hmm. the story was going to go this way or that way, and they were just so willing to change all the time that you cannot get too bogged down in what you think something's going to be, mm-hmm. but you also can't be afraid to not get it out there mm-hmm. and to not tell your try and tell your story. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I learned is to just be less fearful of if it's not good enough, you know, because then you're not doing anything. Mm. And, uh, those, these, that was my biggest. It's like Matt in his comic book. If you think about it, it's like yeah, he was so exactly. afraid to let that fly. Um, so as someone who's worked in theater and television, it's so cool for you to talk about the development process of theater because it is so different than TV and film. It's so collaborative and like ever evolving, why do you think that is, that theater is such a like collaborative, participatory medium that changes as you develop, whereas I think more with TV, it's a little more you come to set with the script prepared, and how does that experience like differ for you as an actor? Well, I don't know. I, I would like to think that TV is similar to some degree, but mm-hmm. maybe, but I, I can't speak on that, on that on TV. I really can't talk very, very much about that because I'm still learning myself about what that is mm. in TV, but... I always thought that, you know, if you go onto a set and it's a brand new show, that they start to appreciate what they have. If they really start to understand that there's this dynamic going on amongst the cast that's going in a different direction, that sometimes those are the most successful things. Mm. That all of a sudden the writers get in, they, 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 they start turning it in this way um, that everybody is on board and, and, it, and it just becomes universal hit. Mm. Like, I mean, let's just say friends. Right. Um, because you, they started to understand Everybody started to get on board, and it takes a few people. You know, it just it it can start from the writers, but it can also start from the cast's yeah. um, side of things, and and they're also the creative. Pro- they should be. I agree. I think always part of the creative process. Definitely. How did you get involved in this project specifically? Because you haven't done a whole lot of TV before. Was this it- is my first. Yeah. Was okay, it just-, just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, um, I'm looking on IMDb, and I'm like, oh, this is like, she's very brand new to this. New, brand new to this. Was it just like, um, you, like your agent found the audition, or like what kind of got I, you involved? Yeah, I, I um, through um, 
past couple of years getting the TNA uh, on my resume, I just was able to get some really strong TV representation. And, and all of a sudden, I'm just getting um, a lot of TV auditions. And I did this taping, and it seemed to go well. And then they said, you're still in the mix, you're still in the mix, you're still in the mix. And at some point, at one point, I just thought, okay, I'm not, I must be out of the mix. <laughs> and then they got back to me and said, yeah, you got it. That's really it. Wow. That's I wish I could make it more interesting than that, but <laughs> it's well it's probably affirming for young actors to hear even that more traditional audition process happens for Tony nominees mm-hmm. and you know the journey is ongoing, right? <clears throat> ongoing. Yeah, definitely. And you're learning every single second. And if you've decided that you don't learn anything, then just do find something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's very well said. Carmen, we can't wait to see more of you. Hopefully in this show, um, we're really pushing for a season two, at least on this panel. Yeah. But what else are you working on? Theater, film, TV? I have uh, a new uh, theater project that I, I we're going in front of uh, MGM next month to do a work to show them what's going on there. And that might, and I, can't, I don't know if I can say much that's about that. That's good. I that's also good. have a feature film that I'm starting, that I start Ooh. shooting this literally next week. Good. It's always a good problem when you're not allowed to say anything. (laughs) I really can't say much. That's good. That's good. Wait, is there a, and you might have already said it, but is there a project that you're most proud of being a part of? Bright Star. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Just the whole learning curve and, and yeah, it was just brilliant. Well, it'll be fun when those rights are released so, you know, we can see it everywhere. I'm sure that's the kind of show that colleges, I just think it's going to be really cool Mm -hmm. when we get to see, get to see it. So congrats on everything. And we can't wait to see what you do next, whether in this show or whatever else you're doing. And thank you for being here. Thanks for for joining us. You made such a wonderful analyst contribution as well. So it was great to have you. Thank you. Um, Shall we do quick predictions? Let's do it. We'll do some quick predictions for our fans. Don't, you gotta hold your face. You can't. Don't yeah, because you know <laughs> stuff. You know, don't, yeah. don't, give don't give it away. Don't yeah. give like you know. If we have a bad prediction, be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Um, any predictions from you on the end, Taylor? Well, just because of the promo that was attached to the last um, episode six, and also you being here, kind of teasing a little bit, I do think that um, Sabrina is going to play a bigger role, especially with Jules. Um, and I'm really excited to see that because I think that Jules doesn't feel super connected to her family all the time. And so it would be really cool to have her have like a really strong ally and someone she can really go to. Um, and we also saw in that promo that Lee does go and talk to Matt and Danny's mom, mm-hmm. kind of against Danny's wishes. And for some reason, I just have a feeling that the mom, like, she's going to get more insight into his childhood, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be all roses and rainbows. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you stole mine. I was definitely (laughs) going with the mom. Uh, I'm just excited to see what they do with her character, because that's an aspect of, I mean, the mom losing her son, the trauma Mm -hmm. there, the grief there, like, can you imagine? I can't wait to see what they do with her character. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All these characters, I mean, there's just so much more for this show to unpack. And of course, there's more for us to unpack here on the AfterBuzz TV After Show panel, guys. We will be here next week, next Thursday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., same place, airing on Facebook, and of course, we have our podcast as well. So if you prefer the audio experience, feel free to check that out. And um, if you're loving the show as much as we are, which I'm sure you are, you can reach out to us either in the comments right over here or on Twitter. Mm -hmm. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can do that at Jeffrey C. Graham. And you can find me on Twitter at D'Angelo TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Carmen, how about you? 
And you can find me at Carmen <laughs> I work at underscore yes. Cusack. <laughs> there may be a publicist in the room assisting with social media a little bit. You guys can find me on Twitter at alphabet underscore and very appropriate. Oh my for God. Yeah. I'm like a crazy fan. <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. I also host the Law and Order SVU after show every Thursday at 8. Season premiere tonight. Do not miss that. Yes. Absolutely. It's season, what, 49 of it's Law and Order 20, SVU? 20. Okay. <laughs> Mariska Hargitay, we, we, yes. we bow down. Right. To Olivia Benson. Um, we're hoping for more guests, guys, so keep tuning in. But again, this is the after show for Sorry for Your Loss, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, guys. Deuces. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV.